0: Welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 142, Mary, a mortal mother. Hello, I'm so glad you're here. All right, we are going to officially start our study of the New Testament. Last week was kind of our little prep week where we remind ourselves that it's important and necessary and required that we are in charge of and follow through with our own learning. If you're feeling like you need any extra motivation to really dive into Come Follow Me, like if your New Year's resolution was to do this and this is your first time listening to anything or reading or doing whatever in a while, go back and listen to last week's episode because I think it is a great motivator and reminder of why you even wanted to do that New Year's resolution. Secondly, just as I try not to do this every single episode so that it's not annoying, but I want to remind you about what a huge difference it makes in this podcast and how many people it reaches. When you share it with your family and friends, I can see a really big difference in the numbers. Ultimately, I can't see who is listening, but I know how many are listening. And ultimately I don't get terribly bogged down on how many people are listening, but it does make me really happy when I see that whatever the Lord is, is helping me to say is hopefully helping more people and I think it's a great way, whether it's this podcast or any podcast or scriptures or whatever spiritual thing in your day that that brings the spirit is helping to gather Israel and keep it gathered. Okay, let's move on to what we're going to talk about. This week, we are reading Matthew chapter one and Luke chapter one. So just two chapters, really easy. Matthew chapter one starts out with a really lengthy genealogy, uh, which maybe can be kind of boring. But I listened to uh, the Come Follow Me study podcast, just the one minute scripture study that they have a few days ago, and she—I think Callie Black is her name—she was talking about how no matter where you come from in your family line, because in Jesus's family line, there's not all these wonderful great people. There's a lot of people who had a lot of problems too. No matter where you come from. You can always overcome the past of your family and still do great things. Your family doesn't determine your future. And I thought that was an awesome point anyway. But the point of me telling you that is at the end of this podcast, I'm going to end it. I'm going to close it out so you can turn it off if you want. But if you'll remember the last 22 episodes, um, previous to the last episode, I read the entire four Gospels of the New Testament to you. So always feel free to go back. If you want to read the first four chapters of Matthew and the first four chapters of Luke, that's episode 118 called Christ is Born in Matthew and episode 129 Nativity in Luke. But I'm going to include at the very end of this episode – the first chapter of Matthew. Don't get scared by the family history. It just takes me a while to get through all those names. And then the first chapter in Luke so that you can hear it as well as read it. Okay, let's dive into what we're going to talk about. So I loved one of the questions posed this week by the Come Follow Me manual. It said, Why is it important to you to know that Jesus was both the Son of God and the Son of Mary? President Russell M. Nelson explained that the atonement of Jesus Christ required a personal sacrifice by an immortal being not subject to death, yet he must die and take up his own body again. The Savior was the only one who could accomplish this. From his mother, he inherited power to die. From his father, he obtained power over death. Okay, so when the Lord created the earth and placed man on it, Adam was not born from a mortal mother. So clearly the Lord— God can create people. We don't exactly know how that was done or really at all how that was done. I think there's a lot of theories out there, but we know that he didn't use the same process to create Adam as was used to create Jesus Christ. I'm a firm believer that God uses science as, as his toolbox. So I do believe there's an answer out there. We just don't get to know yet. And I have all kinds of theories in my head that I'm not going to say on here because they're just my theories and they, I shouldn't really be putting them out there. Um, but because that process used to create Adam exists, even though we don't know what it is, the Lord must have a reason for using a mortal, imperfect earthly woman to create the physical body of Jesus Christ. When Joseph, who was Mary's fiance at the time, was pondering about what to do about the situation with Mary, an angel appeared to him. And that angel quoted to Joseph a prophecy of Isaiah, which as a Jewish man, Joseph would have been very familiar with. The angel quoted, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. The condescension of Jesus Christ, the creator of the world, into the world was miraculously enabled by the time, devotion, willingness, and care of a mortal woman, Mary, one of us. What better way to show that he, Emmanuel, was with us than to become one of us through a mother who was one of us? So back to the question posed, why is it important to you to know that Jesus was both the Son of God and the Son of Mary? We are told to believe that through small and simple things, great things are brought to pass. We are taught over and over again through examples in the scriptures that the Lord works through very imperfect people to accomplish his work. We just went through the Old Testament. There are lots of imperfect people that the Lord worked through back then. And as I'm sure we'll read in the New Testament this year, we're going to see a lot of imperfections in the people that the Lord works through. We see imperfections in the the people in the Book of Mormon. We certainly see imperfections in the people in the Doctrine and Covenants, in Joseph Smith, in our modern day leaders and prophets. We especially have detailed examples of their imperfections because it's so recent and so we have much more documentation. And in that long list of imperfect people, one of those people was Mary. That is one of my favorite things about the scriptures is reading about the Lord accomplishing great things through the use of people that are like you and like me. There is so much more than we currently know about Mary that I wish that we knew right now, but we do know lots of things. We know that she was from Nazareth, a town that was estimated to only have about four to 500 people. So really barely even a town and Nazareth was regarded as unclean by the Jewish people because the Romans kept a garrison there and everybody thought that nothing good came from Nazareth. We know that she sought comfort from family members as we read about her visiting her cousin Elizabeth, who the angel Gabriel told her about. I just think it's so cool that that was part of Mary being told about what was going to happen, that the angel Gabriel reminded her that she wasn't alone, that Elizabeth was also going through her own form of miraculous conception. We know that Mary was brave. We know that she was righteous. We know that she didn't fully understand God's plan when she was asked to do something overwhelming. We know that being the mother of the Savior was not easy. Simeon, the man at the temple who was told that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Savior, told Mary that, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. Can you imagine being the mother of the Savior and having to watch him go through what he went through? Can you imagine how much she loved him She watched him grow up. Think about how much you love your children or your nieces and nephews or anybody that you've watched from the beginning. You love them in such a personal way because you've seen them from the beginning. So think about what that must have been like for her. We could keep going about all the things that we know about Mary. I want to read a quote from Bruce R. McConkie. He says, can we speak too highly of her whom the Lord has blessed above all women? There was only one Christ, and there is only one Mary. Each was noble and great in the premortal existence. Each was foreordained to the ministry he or she performed. We cannot but think that the Father would choose the greatest female spirit to be the mother of His Son, even as He chose the male spirit like unto Him to be the Savior. We should hold up Mary with that proper esteem which is hers. Isn't that interesting to think of Mary in the premortal existence being foreordained to be the mother of Jesus Christ? Gay Strathern, Associate Professor of Ancient Scripture at Brigham Young University, said she became Jesus' first disciple, and thus she is a model for all who choose to follow Him. Have you ever thought of her like that? Jesus' first disciple? But that has to be true, right? She knew who He was from the very beginning. For me, Mary is a reminder that the Lord has things He would like to accomplish through me and through you. So what can I learn from Mary as a mortal woman like myself I learn that I don't always have to understand the lord's will in order to accept the plan that the lord has for me and in order for me to move forward I learn that I can ask questions without it being reflective of my faith Isn't it interesting to think that Mary's question saying how can this be seeing I know not a man was more about the logistics of how how can this happen whereas Zacharias, who was the father of John the Baptist, expressed doubt and both received different answers. Zacharias was made to be dumb and deaf for the next nine months of pregnancy because he expressed doubt in the Lord. Mary asked a question that was still showing that she didn't understand, but it wasn't a lack of faith in the Lord's ability to do so. I learn that I can be imperfect and still be used for great things. I learn that I can do hard things because she did hard things, and I can experience those hard things, even hard things because of that mission that God has given me, and it doesn't mean that God has abandoned me or that anything has gone wrong. Again, Gay Stratham said, Modern disciples are removed from the story of Mary both by culture and 2,000 years. Nevertheless, her story is a timeless reminder of the costs of discipleship. God expects His followers to step up to the invitations He extends to them. President Russell M. Nelson reminds us that God has always asked His covenant children to do difficult things. Mary was no exception, and neither are we. Our challenge is to have faith, to submit our will to His, to accept His calls with faith, that His Spirit will magnify us in His service. Bonnie H. Cordon, Young Woman General President, also reminds us that we can do hard things, and then adds, but we can also do them joyfully. As modern disciples, what will our magnificent be? How will we express our rejoicing in God? How will we express the magnificence of His mercy in our lives? How will we find ways to celebrate our part in the fulfilling of the Abrahamic covenant in our day? These are perhaps just some of the ways that we can learn from Mary's remarkable story of discipleship. When Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth told Mary that the babe in her womb leapt for joy, Mary then bore her testimony of her faith in God. And my hope is that I can always remember Mary's example as I accept whatever the Lord has planned for me. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Mary said those things after I am sure what had been a trying time in her life. She had just been told what was about to happen, and we know that pregnancies that came from seemingly nowhere weren't treated lightly in Jewish culture. She may have been ridiculed and cast out from Nazareth if people found out. She had Joseph, who I'm sure when he was first told was completely flabbergasted. I don't know exactly what went on in that first little bit of her life, but during that time that can't have been easy, she praised the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he that is mighty hath done great things. I'm sure Mary remembered vividly all her life the moment when the angel Gabriel, who, side note, is the ancient prophet Noah as taught by Joseph Smith, I'm sure she remembered vividly all her life the moment that he spoke these words to her. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. No excuse or reason you could ever come up with for why the Lord can't or shouldn't use you to bring to pass great things is valid. No reason. Because of Mary, the Lord became one of us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Because of Mary, Jesus Christ came to earth to live as we live, feel as we feel, and die a mortal death. All so that we can learn how to truly live and return to our Father in Heaven again. Thank God For Mary, a woman who submitted to the will of God, an act that you have the opportunity to do, an act that is the greatest of all offerings to our Father in Heaven, the submission of your will, something that the Savior showed us how to do perfectly. Mary spent her life submitting to the will of the Father. Jesus spent His life submitting to the will of the Father. And you can spend your life submitting to the will of the Father and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I will now include readings of Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1. Apologies if the audio sounds slightly different. I actually got a new nicer microphone, so it might be slightly different, but you'll get used to it fast. Matthew chapter 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac And Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Ferris, and Zara of Thamar. And Ferris begat Esram, and Esram begat Aram. And Aram begat Amminadab, and Amminadab begat Nason, and Nason begat Solomon. And Solomon begat Booz of Rechab, and Booz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. And Solomon begat Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa. And Asa begat Josaphat, and Josaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Ozias. And Ozias begat Jonathan, and Jonathan begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias, And Ezekias begat Manassas. And Manassas begat Ammon. And Ammon begat Josias. And Josias begat Jeshonias, and his brethren, about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jechonish begat Selathiel, and Selathiel begat Zorobabel, and Zorobabel begat Abiud, and Abiud begat Elykium, and Elykium begat Azor, and Azor begat Sadak, and Sadak begat Achim, and Achim begat Eliud, and Eliud begat Elezor, and Elezor begat Matan, and Matan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, as the prophets have written, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are fourteen generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are fourteen generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 1 For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us even as they delivered them unto us which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word it seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order most excellent Theophilus that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course Abia, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, for fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb, and many of the children of Israel he shall turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee, and to shew thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not be able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them, and remained speechless. And it came to pass that, as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed into his own house. And after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days whereon he looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob for ever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days, and went unto the hill country with haste into the city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, and behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath shewed strength with his arm, and hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats, and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her own house." Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had shewed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table, and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his shoeing unto Israel. Something interesting to note here really quickly, it says that he spent his childhood until his shoeing unto Israel in the deserts. And it said that that is because of the edict from Herod saying that all children under the age of two were to be killed and that he and his family went to hide in the deserts to escape that, just like Mary and Joseph went to Egypt.